Hey, uh, I already said my name. My name is Mikey, and uh, I'm one of the camp directors here for Ponderosa. Usually I've ran uh, Ponderosa all summer long. Now it is Meadowrosa, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys tonight. If you guys have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Guess what? If you guys do not have a Bible... We're going to be in God's Word all week long, and so we want you guys to have a Bible. And so if you don't have one, if you didn't bring one up, please go to the back, pick up a Bible, because we are going to be spending the rest of the week in the book of Daniel. And we're going to be learning from God's Word. We believe that God's Word teaches us, and it is perfect, and it is holy. And so go pick up a Bible. We'll give you guys a second. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to be in verse 14. Verse 14, you guys. If you guys don't know where the book of Daniel is, it's totally great. Uh, go ahead and open up to the middle of your Bibles. You'll hit probably Isaiah, and you just keep flipping over to the right, and then eventually you will reach Daniel. I know there's a ton of people. There is a ton of people grabbing some Bibles. I'll give you guys some time. Daniel chapter 3. Here's the deal. A lot of you probably have, uh, maybe if you grew up in the church, um, you probably heard the stories of Daniel. You've kind of understood it. Maybe you guys saw the Veggie Tales, Daniel. Uh, okay, look. And uh, the Veggie Tales version of Daniel is basically talking about a chocolate bunny, right? And so you've got the song, The Bunny, The Bunny. Um, look, even if you know the book of Daniel, even if you're familiar with it, this week we're going to be opening up God's word. We're going to be spending that, uh, time in that book. I don't want you guys to assume that you know truly what the book of Daniel is all about. And so this week, maybe you grew up in the church, and maybe you're, you kind of understand the stories. You, you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know those names. You know uh, Daniel. You know Nebuchadnezzar. You know these characters that we're going to be talking about all week but I want to ask you guys, even though you probably know some of these characters and you maybe grew up in the church and you understand it, to lean in this week. To not assume that you know everything about the story because there are going to be things that we're going to be talking about that I know and I, and I pray that would speak to your life and where you are right now. And maybe there's some of you that are in this room that you've never gone to church and you don't know what the book of Daniel is. You don't know these characters. You don't know what's actually, what, what happens in that book. You, you're unfamiliar with all uh, the Christian culture things that surround the book of Daniel. And I'm glad that you're here. And I'm going to ask you the same thing. I'd ask that you would lean in as well. That you wouldn't necessarily come into this chapel. You're here for the fun. You're here for the music. And then the moment the video ends that you would just stop paying attention. We'd ask that you guys would lean in this week. Why? Because we believe here at Hume, this is the foundation of what we do. We believe that the word of God speaks to every situation. Not only does it speak to every situation, it has what you need. And so this week, there's nothing more important than what we could be talking about in this chapel. And you might think that you're here just to have a good time, and maybe you are. Maybe you're here to just mess around and have fun with your friends. But when we're in this place and in this space, and as we open up God's word, I'm asking that we would pay attention, that we would 
focus in because there's nothing more important than what we could be talking about both tonight and the rest of the week. Your speaker for this week, his name is Brian Holland, I already said that, but he's gonna be kind of diving in more depth, more in depth throughout the rest of the week and tonight is really just here to give you guys, I'm here to give you guys an overview. And why are we choosing this book of Daniel? Why are we talking about this? Why did we just watch an opener and we're on a boat and there's people dressed in trash and they're, they're walking up to the front and they just take people captive? How many of you guys have no idea what you just saw for the opener? That's right. That's awesome. Hey, I'm going to explain all of that, but the truth is, is that the reason that we do this is so that you guys could get a better understanding of why and what we are studying this week. And so basically, we're on a boat. This is the HS Royale. This is uh, the Omnian ship. This is King Magnus's ship. And so if you know anything about the book of Daniel, basically this ship and the people on the ship represent the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel, who get taken into exile by the Babylonians. The Babylonians, the people that represent those people are the trashers. Those are the ones that are dressed in trash that are saying, the tide, the tide. They worship the tide, because it brings them everything they want. And so why is that significant? Well, Israel worshiped Yahweh. Israel, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these characters, their God was Yahweh. They served him and him alone. What happens? Well, when Nebuchadnezzar comes into their nation, he takes them by storm. He takes and he destroys all that is around them. Not only the buildings, not only are they taking them out in the streets, marching them through the streets, but they're changing their identities. And they're saying, you are no longer part of the nation of Israel. You are now part of the nation of Babylon. And you're not going to serve your God, Yahweh. You actually are going to serve our Babylonian gods. And in fact, more so, you are going to serve the Babylonian king, and his name is Nebuchadnezzar. And so what you saw tonight is a representation of that. The Omnians, their sailors... And so tonight you saw three main characters. You saw Darlene who represents Daniel. She was the one holding up the survival guide. She was the one in the middle. And then you saw Judith who was trying to steer the boat. And then you saw Sherman who represents Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Darlene and Sherman, you'll see throughout the rest of the week, they have the opportunity to assimilate into the culture that they're surrounded by, but they choose not to. They see all the people around them and they're eating this trash and they're worshiping this trash, but what do they do? They resolve in their heart not to partake in those things. But Judith, she was the one steering the boat. She wanted to go her own way and the reason why they're in exile is because she tried to go her own way. And so they're in this predicament and that's where the book of Daniel starts off. And then a few chapters in, we've got Chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are some of the main characters in this story, and they're presented with an option. They're presented with a decision. Are they going to bow down to the golden image and the golden idol that Nebuchadnezzar creates and makes, or are they going to worship their God? And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do this. If you're in Daniel chapter 3, here's what it says. Verses 14, so if you go down a little bit, here's what it says. It says, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them. So he finds out and he hears that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not going to bow down to the golden image that he creates. 
he builds this statue, and he finds out that these three guys are rejecting to bow down to this idol and to this image. And so this is what he does. He says, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bab- bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good, but if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? What do they do? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image the golden image that you have set up. So here's what's going on. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are presented with this scenario where they're given an opportunity to either bow down to the golden image or be thrown into a fiery furnace. I don't know why Nebuchadnezzar has a furnace, but he does. And he is willing to throw people into that furnace if they do not follow his orders. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they don't bow. In fact, in that very moment, they say, we have no need to answer you in this matter. What is their response? They say, we cannot do this. Simply and calmly. There's no gray area there. You recognize there's not a, there's not a nuance there. They just say, no, we will not. And maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, what if one of them was just like, well, God knows my heart. He knows what I believe. It doesn't really matter if I bow down to this idol. He knows that I still trust and worship him. No. What do they do? They reject it and they say, you can place us in that fire and God can save us or he can choose not to. But either way, there is only one choice. There is only one decision to make and that is to follow our God. You guys likely will never ever be placed in this situation. But think about the world that you live in now. Think about the questions that your friends ask you. Think about the schools that you go to. Think about the things that you're taught in your schools. Think about the opinions of your friends. Think about all of that. Think about Instagram. Think about TikTok. Think about news. Think about politics in the world. You see, there is opportunity after opportunity for us to bow down to idols every single day. And there are going to be idols in your life. When you guys are up here this Sunday, and then on Saturday, there are going to be idols waiting for you down the hill. And the question that we're going to be asking you guys this week is, how can we live resiliently as followers of Jesus in a world that is increasingly hostile toward Christianity. It's not getting easier to be a Christian. You probably already see that. You see that your friends are going through it. You see that you yourself are going through it. It's not getting any easier. In fact, it's getting harder. Why? Because there's greater and greater pushback. Now, I am not claiming to say that what you're experiencing is persecution on the same level 
as what we see across the world. But guess what? There are our people who are dying for what they believe. And we live in a culture where we'll just get canceled for certain things. But the truth is, is that you all have the opportunity to either run towards God and reject and leave the world behind or to continually, slowly, day by day by day by day, be more and more influenced by the world. And to you, it's normal. The music you listen to, it's normal. It's all normal. I love this kind of music. Or the stuff that you watch on Instagram and TikTok, it's normal to you. But that's what Satan wants you to believe. And that's what the world wants you to believe, that it's normal. And so what are we as Christians called to be? Not normal. We're actually called to be different. And not some weird, judgmental way where we're just pointing at the world and saying, hostility, you are our enemy. No. Inner resolve like Daniel, saying, the world can do this, but I am not of this world because my God has asked me to live for him. And if there's any point where there's conflict between the way the world lives and the way my God wants me to live, I'm going to choose my God every single time. Christians, if you call yourself a Christian, then that should be your mindset. And so many of us are living in these two different worlds and we're constantly tired of going back and forth. Maybe you're tired of coming up to Hume every single year, experiencing the presence of God or experiencing uh, a level of intimacy with him that you haven't really experienced before. But then... You go right back down the hill, the temptations surround you again, and then it's just the same thing year after year after year. How can we be different like Daniel was different? How can we be different like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were different? There are going to be four things. And tonight I'm going to talk about four things. There might be more things that Brian brings up in these passages and as we go through Daniel. But the four things, I want to look at characteristics of resilient believers. What does that word resilient mean? Well, that word resilient basically just means the ability to adapt and the ability to stand strong in the face of opposition and difficult situations. That's what it means to be resilient. And so throughout the book of Daniel, you'll see resilience. There's examples of non-resilience, you know, and I'll, I'm the first to admit it. The Dodgers' postseason is not resilient. I get that. But their regular season is resilient. Amen? That's right. There are different forms of resilience. You might think that you're going to win Kajabi this week, and you're probably not. But the truth is, is that you this week have the opportunity to learn more and more what it means to be resilient. And so this is why we're going through Daniel. The, four, the first thing is this. A resilient believer is somebody who fears God and not man. Who fears God and not man. What does that mean? Does that mean that you're scared of God? Does that mean that uh, you're, you're afraid of him? That you're literally like, this person is going to chase me down and strike me down. That's what I used to believe growing up, that the fear of God meant that. And there are times where people are in the presence of God and they are afraid. Why? Because he's holy. Why? Because it says in the Bible, no man can look upon God and live. 
So there is an element of God that is scary. His presence is scary. The book of Isaiah talks about this, the fact that when Isaiah, he saw this vision of the Lord and he said he was afraid. He fell down to his face and he said, woe is me. But the fear that I'm talking about is talked about in the book of Proverbs 9.10. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does that even mean? The fear of the Lord. Well, that word fear is really more defined as an awe and reverence for God. How do you see God in your life? Is he just somebody that you uh, pay attention to on Sundays? Is he somebody that you pay attention to during the week, maybe at your youth groups once or twice a week? Or is he your God? And is he not only your God, is he a holy God? Is he high and lifted up in your mind? Is he whatever he says goes? Or is it, God, I respect you, agree to disagree? Which one is it? Because I'm telling you this right now. If you come up to camp and you expect that this will be the thing that sustains you and not an actual fear of the Lord and not an actual awe and reverence for him, then you're just gonna go back to the same things that you struggle with before this. The beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so how do you live wisely in today's culture that's surrounding you with so much content? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You need to fear God and not man. There's this famous quote. It says, whoever fears man, or whoever does not fear God, has everything else to fear. But whoever does fear God has nothing else to fear. Isn't that amazing? When you fear the Lord, all those other things that you're worried about, all those other opinions that people have, they begin to fade away. I'm not saying that just happens immediately. It takes a lifetime to get over some of those things. But how many of you are just crippled by people's opinions of you. And so that is the reason why you don't share your faith. That's the reason why you don't want to become a Christian because you don't want to be labeled that person. The fear of the Lord. When you fear God, you have nothing else to fear. And the second thing is this, that resilient believers have biblical convictions. Biblical convictions. Okay, what does that mean? A biblical conviction. Well, Conviction, that word comes from the word convinced, to be convinced. And so it's like you're convinced. It's like you're with the, beyond the shadow of a doubt, this is true. And the problem is, is we have a lot of convictions. In fact, a lot of us, they, we call them opinions, but we treat them like convictions. Why? Because they're life or death. Because we are willing to go to bat for our favorite sports teams. Or we're willing to say that this person is the GOAT. Or we're willing to like argue about some of these things. That Taylor Swift actually makes good music, right? Look. <laughs> she does. I, she does. But here, here's the deal. We have the strongest opinions and we treat them like convictions. They're life or death. This is true. And if anybody who disagrees with this... I'm shutting them, I'm cutting them off from my life. I, I'm not being friends with this person. The problem with that is that when it comes to the things that actually matter, we don't really know, right? Like you don't know what God's word says. 
and you've heard it your whole life, but you're not really convinced it's true. You're not really uh, sold on it. It's not uh, gospel truth to you. It's not true beyond the shadow of a doubt. It's not, hey, the whole Bible's true. Not just the parts that I like, but the parts that are kind of challenging. Biblical convictions and how do you wrestle and how do you gain those biblical convictions? How do you grow in that? Well, we're going to be talking about that this week. God's word. God's word. Many of us are going to be singing songs this week. You're going to be singing worship songs. You're going to be singing Yahweh, or you're going to be singing Living Hope. But the problem is I feel like some of us probably are going to be singing some lyrics to a God that we know nothing about. And the problem is, is that by the time we reach college, and maybe some of you even time, by the time you reach high school, you're going to be start ask some of these questions, and you don't know what the answers to those questions are. In fact, not only do you not know, you're just kind of like, man, I just, I just, my parents are this way. My, my parents bring me to church, or my, I go to church because my friends are there. But what do you believe? What do you believe? And you believe. Do you believe that this is true? Do you literally believe in the story of Daniel, or is it kind of what you believe? The world doesn't really know what it believes. In fact, the world will tell you a lot about what it doesn't believe. It'll say, I don't believe that, that's wrong, that's narrow-minded, I don't believe that. But when you ask somebody who's maybe an atheist or maybe an agnostic, and what do you believe? Man, it's hard to come up with an answer, why? Because the world doesn't know what it believes. It doesn't know what the purpose of life is. It doesn't know. It has no direction. It just kind of wanders around. And it just, there's a new thing coming out each and every single week. Well, have you tried this or this thing or this thing? And it just keeps, it's just a cycle. And it changes every single year. And you guys know this. Biblical convictions. Look, the average American teenager spends seven hours a day on their phone. That's the statistic. And it's true. I would challenge you, look at your screen time. Maybe you would be surprised how much time is spent on your phone. Seven hours a day. Guys, if you spent seven hours a day studying Spanish, what would happen? You would be really good at Spanish, right? If you spent seven hours a day doing anything, you would be abs an absolute monster at that thing, okay? Seven hours a day on your phone. On top of all your schedules, sports, work, whatever you're involved in, seven hours a day. Why is that happening? Because I think we're just constantly stimulated by the world. We're never bored, so we're always bored. And so we're just living in this constant state of hum. This week, you're away from your phone and you're around God's word. If you want to grow in your convictions and your beliefs, just don't even bring out your phone. Go to God's word, learn what it says, because it's what you need. You don't need another TikTok video. You don't need to spend another hour doom scrolling through Instagram. We know that those things bring not only mindless scrolling, but it brings temptation into your life. Many of you have been there, and you know what I'm talking about. Biblical convictions, the third thing is this, that resilient believers trust the living God. 
They trust the living God. Have you put your trust in him? When you fear the Lord, you also trust him. So many of you, it says in the book of Proverbs, anyone who trusts their own mind is a fool. Many of you place your trust in things and you misplace your trust in things. You trust your own way of doing things. You trust uh, your friend's way of doing things. But you have not even considered that trusting God is the best thing that you could do. Look, you might say to me, you have no idea what's going on in my life. You have no idea what my parents are going through. My parents are getting a divorce or my friends have rejected me and I'm all alone constantly or whatever. I'm, I lost a loved one recently. You have no idea what I'm going through. Okay, you're right, I don't. In fact, I know some of it's probably painful, but the question that I'm asking you in this very moment is who will you trust when that happens? Why? Because Daniel had everything around him changed. In fact, he was in a foreign land. There were people taken away from his family. He was, he was a complete exile. He had nothing, nothing to his name. In fact, his name was changed to Belteshazzar. His, his Hebrew name, his original name, meant God is my judge, and now it's changed to something else. It's changed to this, this name that basically gives reverence to a Babylonian God. Everything about his world is changing. What does he do? He trusts God. He places hope in his trust in God. Look, the Ancient of Days, in Daniel chapter 7, God calls himself the Ancient of Days. Daniel calls God the Ancient of Days. What does that mean? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever, which means that you have the chance to either place your faith in the Ancient of Days or place your faith in your own mind. Place your trust in the ancient of days when you recognize that your family's going through it and the things are falling apart or trust your friends that don't really listen to you and they just want to have a good time. Who do you put your trust in? Do you run to your phone constantly or do you run to God's word? What do you run to? Who do you put your trust in? God doesn't change. The circumstances in your life might change but it must bring you comfort to know that the God you serve doesn't. Last thing is this. Resilient believers are not alone. They're not alone. I am a product of the friends I had in high school. I would not be here if it weren't for my friends. Who are your friends? Who are your friends? Are they people that bring you closer to the Lord or further away from the Lord? Are they challenging you or are they just tempting you? Are they here to mess around and just have a good time and distract you? Or are they here and are you here with them to learn more from God's word? Who you spend your time with matters. Your friends are the most influential people in your life for the most part. For the most part, they are more influential than your youth pastors. For the most part, they are more influential than your parents. For the most part, they are more influential than any of the counselors in this room. Your friends are who you spend your time with. And so it is crucial who you spend your time with. I'm not saying to reject the world, but what I am saying is consider who are your friends? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I think about this all the time. What if one of them chose to bow? Would that create kind of a chain reaction? They see Shadrach bow, and then Meshach's like, okay, I guess we're doing this, and then Abednego follows. What would happen in that moment? <laughs> no, I think there's power in the fact that all three of them 
were like, nope. And they all knew what each other believed. And so you can have friendships like that. You can have friendships. As you go down the hill, it is possible for you to live in Babylon. It is possible for you to live in this godless world that we're surrounded by, a world that does not believe in God's word, but in fact hates it. It is possible. I know it feels impossible, but guess what? It's going to take some rearranging of things. It's going to take, you know what? I'm not going to spend seven hours a day on my phone. It's going to take changing some things in your life in order to be more resilient and more like God. More resilient, more like God. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week. And you'll see the trashers, and you'll see the omnians, and you'll see that struggle. And I hope that it's clear for you. The truth is, is that we're here because we want you to know God. And if you don't know him, I pray and hope that this week that you would at least be, that you would at least consider getting to know the God that we're talking about in God's word. I'm going to pray for us. And then Harrison is going to come up and we're going to talk about what we're going to do next. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for this talk. Lord, I just ask that you would challenge these hearts, God, and these minds, Lord, and the noise that surrounds them and their culture and all the things that are surrounding them. God, I pray that this week, just take a step out of that. Take a step out of the noise and out of the constant nagging of the culture. And we could take a break from our phones and just say, God, I want to hear you clearly this week. Without the hum, without the buzz, I want to hear you clearly. I want to know you for who you are in your word. And God, I pray for Brian this week as he explains the book of Daniel and why it's significant, why why does this matter? Why are we talking about somebody 2,600 years later? What is significant about the story of Daniel? And Lord, I pray for a fun week, God. I ultimately pray that we would have an amazing, fun week, but God, that that would not be the end of it, that there would be a transformation, that students would know what it means to be resilient followers of you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, guys.